Hello and thanks for downloading this podcast from Teacher. I'm Joe Earp. Welcome to the School Assembly podcast series where we explore what it takes to build a school from the ground up. In series two, we're following Joe Camazato and the team at Beeman Secondary College, a new dual campus school in the Melbourne suburb of Truganina. And after months of planning and hard work, it's the start of a new school year and the big opening has finally arrived. So, what have the first days been like and what about 12 months down the line from a new school launch? Well, you'll actually find out the answer to both questions in this episode, because as well as catching up with Joe, I also made a call to Dr Ray Boyd and Rachel Lair over at Dayton Primary School in Perth, Western Australia, who we followed in Series 1. I hope you enjoy this bumper, Episode 6. Joe, uh, first of all, Happy New Year, and also congratulations. Obviously, the school's now open. Yes, um, Happy New Year. Um, back to you, Joe. It seems like a long time ago that it was even the 1st of January and we have actually opened the school to our students just on Wednesday this week on the 31st of January. So this is actually our third day. Oh, wow. And here I am bugging you for time. But uh, So it's very, very nice that you've made the time today. I really appreciate that. When we caught up at the end of last year, um, you were still thinking about the logistics, actually, of the first day about where you were going to be because it's a dual campus. Did you end up sort of splitting your time between the two then? Yes, I did. I, I decided, well, I, I knew that there'd be more parents who would come to this junior campus, um, probably a bit nervous about their children starting year seven and also, you know, um, what's the new campus look like? So I decided I would spend the morning here, which was great. I'm actually at the junior campus at the moment, so I'm sorry that everyone can't see. And that was the right thing to do because all our parents did turn up to drop off children and I invited them onto the grounds so they could just have a little look around really to see the you know, the gardens, see where their children would be sitting. So they could imagine, imagine what it looks like. Um, everyone came into the big community hub gym, which was wonderful. We had speeches. The parents were there. Thanked them all for um, organising their children because I, I think we all forget that it's a big effort. You have to buy uniform, even bits of uniform, even though we're not asking for a lot. Books, make sure everyone's had their hair cut. And then I sent all the parents home. Um, so that was really exciting. Um, and then I took myself off to the senior campus where they were already sort of in class. Um, and I just walked around and, you know, said hello to the students and uh, made myself known a little bit. Um, and then I saw them all at assembly, all the year 10s on Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. So it's been a nice time to settle in, seeing all the parents and students there and knowing that you're starting this new, exciting thing together that must be special because they'll always be the first students won't they? Yeah they'll be the foundation students. Um, one of my assistant principals you know said oh can we get some balloons and you know part of me goes what do we need balloons for and I thought oh you know what that's get some balloons you know decorate the gates of course like we often forget that secondary students enjoy a little bit of that as well we sort of see it as a very primary thing but it's not true everyone likes balloons well most people do and they do make you feel happy and it just gives a bit of a sense of occasion um, and I think 
I could see from our students on both campuses that they were a little bit overwhelmed and in shock. Everything is super clean. It is like moving into a new house. And um, I have lived through this before, but it doesn't stay clean very long, sadly. But that's okay. We need to have people in the in these new buildings. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking just seeing everybody in the uniform and things, that must be quite nice as well, because that's the first time it's had a proper run out. Yeah, I found it really interesting. I remember speaking, you know, ages ago in one of the episodes that lots of more and more high schools are moving to sort of a collection of clothing, mm -hmm. moving away from summer winter uniform and just allowing students to choose from, you know, five or six pieces. And it was really great to see. I was speaking to some of our students who said to me that, oh, they just love the fact that they could choose. And I thought, they're really not choosing from much. But as I suppose just by saying there's no winter summer uniform, they feel quite empowered. So it has been exciting to see what people have chosen to wear and what I suppose suits their body types and what they're comfortable, how they're comfortable presenting. So the uniform's been successful. That's really interesting. That's a really interesting point. Uh, now, the other thing we talked about a lot before the holidays was the staffing situation, and it's it's just got worse across Australia, really. It's in the news every day. How are things going with you? Because you were kind of nearly there, really, weren't you? Yeah, I've sort of just remained nearly there. We're not yep. fully staffed. I'm still down probably what's one and a half math science teachers. Um, I have got a math science teacher joining me in the middle of March from Queensland, but um, that teacher can't start any sooner and that's fair enough. But even with that teacher joining us, we still have a math science load that I haven't been able to fill. I've just had to fill it with a permanent casual relief teacher who will be here for the term. And that's the best we can do. But look, I do consider us very fortunate, Joe. We, other than that, we are fully staffed. And I think there are some tremendous staff that have joined us in our first year. So I am very grateful. It's been a lot of hard work. Um, and I do know there are other schools that are facing a lot greater challenges than us. So we're, we're open with close to 60 teaching and education support staff. Um, so I think we're going to give ourselves a pat on the back for that. Yeah, that's fantastic, really. When you think about, I think back to those earlier episodes and we were starting to talk about it and how far off it seemed because there's so many staff as well involved in secondary particularly with the dual campus as well and those specialist ones I think that's a fantastic effort to, to get it up to that so the casual relief teaching that's generally how principals will fill these shortages is it how how does that normally work is it do you have to just see what's around you do have to see what's around um, look, I think principals are trying a range of creative sort of solutions. Um, you know, where possible, people who are maybe two-thirds of the way through their university degrees or qualifications can obtain permission to teach. Um, some principals, have, you know, including myself, have um, got some teachers from overseas. My, my teaching staff, the people from overseas are predominantly from New Zealand, so I haven't really gone into the Canadians or the Irish or anyone else. I'm quite happy with just a handful of New Zealand teachers who are excellent um, and wanted to move to Australia, and I think they fit in really well with our, our the rest of our team. Um, I, other principals have, you know, um, been able to procure people through agencies just for casual relief. There are very few contracts these days, which also makes it hard because, you know, in the past, some people would be really happy to take a short term contract. It's a lot more beneficial for those teachers to do casual relief and do that every day.
financially, it's actually very good for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about instructional approaches uh, probably in the next episode. But is, is the priority for you with, with your staffing just to have them all together and kind of on the same page and start developing that consistency? Is that, is that the priority for the next few weeks? Yes, and um, and also to sort of support more our senior students kind of learning the routines of a new high school and a new senior campus because they've come from a lot of prep to nines. I mean, in terms of the staff, look, as you know, we put in a lot of days with some of the leaders before the Christmas break, and I'm thankful for the principals who released, released those leaders to me. And that has benefited in some ways in that the principal team, we're quite a tight team already. Um, and we are getting, you know, we've got to know each other. So we've broken through those barriers fairly early on. And also with some of our leaders. Um, our staff also came in, you know, before Australia Day. Um, I was able to negotiate a time and loo day for all of them. And over 40 staff came in to get a sort of um, ahead of the game, really. And then we had another two days after that. But it is now, how does this translate to on the ground and how do we respond to our community? So we have set up um, ready to learn routines, you know, what we would like students and the teachers to do at the beginning of every lesson, at the end of every lesson. We have set up our classrooms a certain way. Um, we've discussed learning environments like moving tables around, seating plans, if that's what's required. And we will start to now look at the instructional model, but they also need to continue to do curriculum planning. So the work is still, it's, it, it is, you know, a, a place of a lot of hard work, new schools. Um, we've got to this stage, but this is just the opening stage. Now we've got the next stage. Mm -hmm. Really, I'm going to not keep you very long today, so we're going to move on to the final three questions for uh, reflection then. Biggest hurdle will go first, key learning and proudest achievement. Oh, oh look, you know, I don't even know what a hurdle is. A hurdle is probably just more <laughs> um, trying to work out how to get from one campus to another quickly. I mean, it's pretty quick drive. It's just like uh, sometimes I open my office door and I go the wrong direction and I find myself in the library at the junior campus, but then at the senior campus, I go in the other direction, I'm in the staff room. So the hurdle is trying to get a really strong grip on the landscape and in the environment so that when people are talking to you, because, you know, principals are supposed to remember everything. I can actually remember <laughs> what room and what lock and what um, what they're talking about without getting a bit confused. So that's a bit of a hurdle. Challenge, look, the challenge still is to let go of the worry of not having a full staff. Um, I think there's always a bit that sort of, you know, you sort of really wish things were different, but you just have to manage your own stress levels as well and go, well, I've done the best I can in the current climate. I will keep trying. I'll keep looking and reaching out to my um, employment agencies who help me out, reaching out to the Department of Education. But I just can't, you know, wave my magic wand and make teachers appear. Um, so that's still a big, a big challenge. Um, and I've already started to talk about, well, how am I going to recruit for next year? You know, because you have to. That will start in June. Um, and look, the proudest achievement is to actually open the gates and see the students come in, to see that the parents have read 
our emails, they're turning up in uniform, that the staff are positive and upbeat at the moment, which is always great for the beginning of the year. That's what you want to see. And that things are going smoothly for the beginning. Like I said, they, you know, there's a lot of work to continue to help things move smoothly along, but it is an achievement. And um, I think across the two campuses at once, like I said, I'd really like to know if this happens normally, two campuses opening at once. I think we've done an awesome job. You're listening to a slightly different episode of School Assembly from Teacher Magazine. You've just heard from Joe Camazato on how the big opening went at Bean in Secondary College. Now we're going to catch up with Dr Ray Boyd and Rachel Lair at Dayton Primary School in Perth over in Western Australia, who, if you remember, we followed in Series 1. I wanted to find out how things have been going and what the plan is for the second year of operation. So here we go with part two. Hi, Ray and Rachel. It's it's really lovely to catch up with you again after all this time. I've been following you on social media. It seems like uh, the team there have had a really great first year. Um, so I'm interested how it felt starting the new school year, having that under your belts this time. Uh, it was certainly a lot calmer. Um, so from my observations, karma in the staff seemed a lot more settled because they're familiar with the routines and the structures uh, and they weren't having to learn a whole new set of kids. So there were so many things about starting this year that was so much smoother just simply because we knew what we were coming back into. And from an admin perspective, speaking even for myself, it's been a lot less stressful. At this time last year, we were deep into chaos around furniture and not having all of our buildings. And so, yeah, very much um, calmer, smoother and less stressful. So it's been a really great start, really excited about the year. Mm -hmm. That's nice to hear. So one thing that's come through in the social media updates certainly has been that word consistency. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it's a it is a big one across the school. It's with our curriculum and our scope and sequence. That's probably where it first starts in terms of consistency, because the teachers are building on the content that the teachers last year worked on. So we needed that across there. It's also the consistency of behaviours and consistency of expectations. So we really spend a lot of time giving the message to the teachers. If you're not consistent with the expectations we hold, it actually has a flow-on effect to the teacher next year, but it also has a flow-on effect to the kids then go, well, I'm going to try that with such and such because I got away with it last time. So it's it's just about making sure everything across the school is done in such a way that it's the same today as it will be tomorrow and as it was three weeks ago. It makes It makes it an easier place for kids to come to when they know that everything they step into will be the same as it was yesterday, today. Yeah, and we started the year really strong with those messages around consistency, but um, also told the staff about two most important things at Dayton. And so we said, you know, in these first couple of weeks, you might not be starting your programs or even really getting deep into the curriculum, but what you will be doing is being um, warm and demanding. And in that regard, it's positive relationships and high expectations match with those um, clear routines and structures. So that's our focus of the week for week one and two, and we'll move into the term. So until we get that right and the consistency across the school with that, the kids can't learn. So 
we're already seeing it though. And again, that's something that Steve Dinham's very big on. I mentioned it last year when you were talking to us, Joe, that, that Steve talks about it's not the inconsistencies between schools, it's actually the inconsistencies between classes. That's the biggest difference in, in schools. And it's certainly something that Tom Bennett talks about with behaviour and expectations in the UK about being consistent with kids and your behaviour and your explanations and your standards and everything. So we're building on that work that he's doing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even as adults, as adults, like we don't respond well to inconsistency, but kids in particular, that's what they love, isn't it? Routine. They know what to expect. They know that people are going to be consistent, like you said, the same today, the same yesterday, the same in a week's time. Yeah. Yeah, so um, of course there will be there will need to be the odd tweak here and there though in the running of an, of, a, of any school. When you prepare for a new school year, then I'm interested as leaders, do you review all your policies and documents and so on? Maybe review what's working and what's not. Definitely, been really busy over the holidays. Uh, going through our instructional playbook was one of the first big ones that we looked at. Um, which just reflecting on what was in there, what needed to change in relation to conversations we had with staff. So that's a really a living document. So we really want it to be like not just a book that's sitting on a shelf that it's enacted. And we again, uh, we've been consistent with checking that all the teachers are aligned in their practice. Um, our induction handbook for our new staff, we didn't take on a lot of new staff for we had in our induction meeting, but again, going through that with a fine tooth comb, um, editing it, fixing it up. Our instructional coaching booklet is another one I've been working on. So we've already had a change in how that will look since last year. So we're focusing at the start of the year on daily reviews, which we didn't do last year and we're starting a lot earlier. So refining that. So and Ray's been busy in the background with assessment policies and all of uh, other policies for parent communication charters. So everything is getting a tweak and a change. And that's something that we should continue to do with throughout the year and over the years um, is to just um, refine all of those things that are um, overarching our instruction. And to act as a prompt for us on the cover. So this this year's book for, um, I'm trying to think of the one, the playbook, it says playbook 2024. But there's a little sentence underneath that says last updated January 2024. So we can actually check when the last time we was, when the last time it was that we reviewed the documents. And the playbook that Rape spoke about, she's pulled a lot of stuff out and made um, posters now that make it a lot more simpler to work with for the staff. And it gives us something that we can actually focus on rather than a large book. So there's been there's been a lot of changes in terms of the way that, that teachers engage with the material and we present it to them. Mm, that's a good idea with the with the posters. You mentioned uh, staffing, Rachel. Just quickly, how's this? How's the recruitment situation there in WA? Well, I hear outside of Dayton that people have had troubles getting teachers, but we've been really fortunate. So we've started small, we've grown slowly, and we were able to get the teachers we needed. Actually, other than an Auslan teacher, um, so we've just got a fixed term teacher in that. But um, as far as classroom teachers and EAs, we're doing okay. But I think there are schools that are struggling. And the, the hard bit around the Auslan teachers, because it's not a full-time position, it's only 0.4. So you've got teachers that are looking looking for permanent full-time positions. So it makes it a little hard if you're, if you're doing 0.4 at one school and 0.4 at another school and then 0.2 and travelling. There's a bit of complexity behind that. But we've, we've actually, as Rachel said, we've done really well with our staffing. We haven't had huge problems with that. 
And the great thing about growing our team so slowly is we've been really able to keep that real team feel and that collaboration, like our new staff have just slotted in so nicely and we've got a really great vibe in the school. So really happy about that because I think if we had grown faster, it would have been hard to keep everyone on the same page, keep that alignment and consistency. So we are in a a blessed position. Um, We opened to... 200 students last year and 282 this year. Two more classes. So just a nice slow growth, which is great. Sounds good. So it's been one year down the track then since you opened, but you're still obviously a very new school. What will be the focus then for the next 12 months for you? Exactly. Pretty much what we had last year. It's still focusing (laughs) on um, curriculum or instructional framework within the classroom and making sure we have that, here's this word again, consistency across the classes. Uh, for some of the teachers, they're still in that that space of being consciously unskilled. It hasn't become an automatic response in the way that they instruct in classrooms. So we're just giving them the prompts, giving them the support, letting them know they're on the right way. But again, the, the focus from my perspective anyway, and Rach can speak to this in a sec, is making sure the instruction is consistent, is on the ball from um, day one, and making sure those expectations around behaviour are being carried out across all the classes. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And like I said before, just keep the most important things, the most important things, like just keep our eye on our why and the how and and go forward with that because we had a really great year last year in terms of our results. So we don't want to change anything. We just want to keep refining and improving. So looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Yeah, there's that saying everywhere, but in Yorkshire it's, it's uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So finally, then you'll both be familiar with these uh, three questions we end each episode on. So biggest hurdle, proudest achievement and key learning. So for me, the biggest hurdle will be and will continue to be um, getting our new staff in terms of our fitting. If you're those of that have followed the podcast last year, we did a very innovative way of selecting staff with the Lego. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're picking one staff member, the ability to do that's a bit more restrictive. So we, it's about trying to find the processes that enable us to make sure we get that right fit again. Um, probably the proudest achievement is the team that we've actually assembled, watching the way they worked last year and this year. It makes me feel really happy, the fact that the group of people we got together are just awesome and they all understand the context of sweeping the sheds. And the biggest learning for me is never assume. Um, be deliberate in your actions. As I say, you make an assumption, you make an ass out of you and me. So there's been a few times where we've, we, I've sort of gone to do something and made an assumption and gone, oh, that's on me because the um, the clarity wasn't provided around something that I just assumed people knew. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, I sat and thought, what was the biggest hurdle this year? And compared to last year, I really couldn't think of one because it's just, like I said before, it's been such a smooth and calm and joyful start to the year. So... At this stage, there hasn't really been any big hurdles. And like Ray, I'm really proud of our team and how hard they've worked to get to where we are today and how they've like really embraced that notion of Ubuntu. Ubuntu. You really struggle with it, don't you? Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Um, I am because we are and like they really do um, exemplify that. And I'm also just really proud to see the students so happy to come back to school this year. It's been so joyful. Um, and they just, you know, they are so happy to be here. And the key learning, I guess, is 
we had a great year last year, but not to rest on our laurels. So just keep coming back to our why with our team and our how, and just, like I said earlier, refining what we do just to be better. So that will be our goal for this year. Brilliant. Well, as I say, it's been excellent to catch up with both of you. You have an awesome 2024 and we might check in in 2025. You never know, huh? Sounds good, John. Yes. And you too. Enjoy, Enjoy the year. Okay, take care. I'll catch up with you later. Take care, Joe. Thank you. That's all for this bumper episode. If you want to keep listening now, you can access the 300 podcast episodes already in the teacher archives. If you could do me a massive favour as well, please leave a review on the podcast channel. That'd be absolutely awesome. It helps people just like you to find the podcast. And it's also really great support for the team. Next time, we're back to our usual format and we'll be speaking to Joe about instructional models. <laughs>